Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Good morning, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autograph, collecting, and a whole lot more. That's usually food, right, Drew? A lot yes, more exactly. <laughs> yes. It is season five. We are on episode 34. I can't believe summer is almost done. It is August 26th, guys. Can you believe it? So we are almost done. Next weekend will be Labor Day. We will definitely have our regular scheduled shows on uh, Wednesday and Saturday. Labor Day weekend, Drew, Drew and I don't take many days off, right, bud? Yeah, not very often. Well, I am. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host on the other line all the way down in Arlington, Texas, where it is a balmy, probably 97 degrees this morning. Uh, his name is Drew Pelto. Yes. Hello. Hey. Hey, you know what? Drew is on uh, in, on YouTube, and he just posted a new video, I don't know, a couple days ago, right? And uh, uh, I haven't got around to it yet. I need to uh, I need to drop in my... Uh... All right, the I one that was I... up, the one that was up there, I don't think I'd seen, so I saw it the other uh, yesterday, actually. Okay, yeah, because I don't think I put one up from this past week at all, and all right, well, this week was so late. short that I just have one day to stick on the end of it there. So get off your I might have just forgotten about it. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have anything planned for? We have a uh, Labor Day weekend next weekend. Do you have anything planned for Labor Day? Uh well, we got uh, the uh, Frisco Rough Riders are having their twentieth anniversary weekend. Nice. So they're going to have a few former players that made it to the majors coming in, and they're going to be doing signings at the game there. So, yeah, I've got stuff for uh, Corpus Who's Christi. Coming in? I've got stuff for Frisco. Uh, I'm trying to remember. The biggest name is Ian Kinsler is going to be there. But Ian Kinsler, okay. Tanner Shepherds. Um, I'm totally blanking on who else. I bought cards this week for them to make sure I had stuff. on. I need to get Shepherds. They just added Shepherds back to the list again this week. So okay. uh, Chris Davis is the other one because Chris Davis is in the uh, 21 Heritage set. So I need to get yep. him. Very cool. Well, yeah. I am going to the Red Sox and Dodgers today, so it's Saturday, and I'm going to go see uh, my boy Mookie. I love, uh, I'm a huge Mookie Betts fan, so I can't wait to go see that. Uh, we also, I might have a chance to miss meet uh, Chris Sale. So, oh, nice! I, I, fingers crossed. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna uh, they they're gonna present Chris and uh, my um, Bob Feller, actor. Oh, yeah. They're they're, print, they're they're presenting him an award um before the game so i can't get on the field because they only had a certain number on field passes but uh i talked to my guy who he's the vice president and i said if if i get you a ball can you have him sign it and so he said yeah, i'll try i'll try so i might get a chance outside chance to meet chris Hill, which is kind of cool nice um i had my fantasy football draft the other day i had the six pick we do it a kind of different um, this is from my, one of my old jobs. We, we it's uh, basically ten guys that are in the league, so it's not as steep as some other leagues. But we don't make we don't get our draft spot until like five minutes before the draft starts. So oh it's hard, wow! 
it's hard to plan what, you, what you're going to do, right? So I ended up with the sixth pick. I took Nick Chubb for you. I said, I got nice. to take, I got to take Nick, Nick Chubb for Drew. I think he's going to have a good year. I took, took Stefan Diggs from the uh, Bills, who I think is a, is going to have a good year. And then I got Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. So nice. I got, I got a good team. I'm, I, I really like my team. Really looking forward to it. I watched the Super Patriots the other, yesterday and, uh, Boy, they 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 can't score. I, don't, I mean, they had the backups in, so I'm not 100 percent worried. But they're playing that stupid vanilla offense, you know. And then I I don't know, maybe it's because it's training camp, but you know, it's preseason. But uh, I don't know. They got to do something about preseason football. It's it's just not good. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy watching just because, I mean, I'm kind of a roster geek anyway, so I can, you know, sit there and say, oh, yeah, hey, you know, this guy's going to make it as the third linebacker on the team and all and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, if you're just in it to watch football, you're not getting a good product at all, typically. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I don't know, but we go, you know, I have one more draft. I have the draft uh, the Wednesday after, um, before, or the end, before Labor, no, Wednesday after, no, Wednesday after Labor Day. Okay, yeah, yeah, so I, I got to write because the season starts on Thursday, and yeah. we are going to um, we're we're gonna, we're gonna have a, a draft with all my these all my uh, high school buddies and college buddies. So it's it's really a fun draft. My brother's in the league, and uh, I think I have the third pick. Nice. So I think I'm gonna try to chase uh, if he's there. That's kind of the direction I'm going. But we and guys, we are not gonna do. We're not picking the games this year. We we just yeah we're we're, 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 we're crappy we're, at this. We don't have the time. Yeah. And we're not that very good at either, yeah, but exactly. it's an entertaining, internet inter, entertaining segment. So, um, guys, Drew and I came up with a, a really fun uh, segment that we're going to start maybe next week. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but it's it's a fun segment. So we'll, we'll <laughs> I'll just leave it that, right, Drew? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do you got planned for this weekend? Anything? Um, nothing really huge this week uh, coming up. I've actually uh. Yeah, there's nothing going on. I mean, Frisco's out of town. Uh, Cleburne doesn't have anything going on with the team that I really need at all. So take this weekend for a rest. I might have a new band to join. So I'll hopefully be uh, hanging out with them on uh, on Sunday. It's actually one of the guys from my previous band, from Beethoven's Bastards, the bass player from there. He and I still get along just fine. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, I could definitely be in a band with him. So it's him. Then there's this other guy who's got a whole bunch of stuff written, has made a bunch of other bands. So it's like, all right, that's a possibility. Uh, from the previous week here, um, I yeah, went Drew, out we, need some, we still need somebody to do our jingle. We need we need somebody to do the 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 TTM cast intro and outro music. We have we have the old yeah. we have the we have your yours, but we need like something with words and the character. See what we can come the, up with the spirit of the show. Yeah, we'll see what we can come up with for. I'll see. Uh, yeah, I'll give it to mention it to these guys and see if anything comes up there if we get anything going. So all right, yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, we, from the previous, we, we, we can give them like a, a quarter each. We have plenty of money in our budget. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I will gladly give up my 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 twenty five cents for the email address there to them for that right. week. So yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Uh, so anyways, from the it's all good. It's all good. So from the previous week, um, I mentioned uh, last week. You know, I was going out to see a uh, Frisco Rough Riders playing at home against the Tulsa Drillers. I already gave a big recap of that on our Wednesday show. So if you want to hear that again, go back and listen to it. And if you haven't listened to it yet, shame on you for six months. Listen to our Wednesday show. Um, I also made a couple of uh, trades and purchases. Uh, let's see here. So. I mentioned during all of that stuff about the uh, graphing there in Frisco that I was not able to get Diego Cartaya at all. It's like he signed earlier in the week and then Saturday and Sunday when I was there, wouldn't even look in anyone's direction at all. 
there's some kid who's bragging on Instagram. Oh, well, he signed for me. And I'm like, okay, great. You're the only one. Oh, and it was like five was trying to dug out. I'm like, no, I was there. There was nobody there. Who's the so Ranger five. prospect that's the outfielder that's supposed to be really good? Evan Carter. He's Evan Carter. Player. Does he sign? Um, he is one per he inside the ballpark, he only does it post-game. He only does it after they win, and typically only for kids. Okay. If you get him outside though at the ballpark at the batting cage, he's usually good for one per out there, and that's how I've gotten him a few times. So you've gotten him on cards now. or photos or balls. What do you get? Yeah, just on cards. On just cards. on cards. Custom Actually, cards. Actually, got him last year. Stuff you had. Oh no, it's stuff that I had because he's in the twenty-one heritage set, so I got him on those last year. Oh, good. Uh, he's also in twenty-two heritage and twenty-two pro debut, and that's why I got signed this year. So how about Bowman? Is he in Bowman at all? Uh, he's in, I think, like twenty-one Bowman or something like that. I haven't gotten any of those done at all. Okay, cool. Uh, let me. I'll check because I have a, a a boatload of Bowman cards. If I have any extras, I'll send you send you away. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, we've only got a couple of games left. No, this no, year, no. But... I wasn't saying this year. I was just saying so you had it. So you had it for your collection. I wasn't saying. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll gladly take that. So, so anyways, I'll... Diego Cartaya wouldn't even look in our direction the entire time I was there. So I figure, all right, well, whatever. I can probably pick one up in a trade and. I mentioned that in the uh, Ballpark Graffers group on Facebook. I said, yeah, I didn't have any luck with him. I'll see if I can find a trade at some point, I guess. And somebody's like, dude, I've, I might have an extra one. Let me check. And so he looks and he's like, yeah, I do. And so uh, I should trade an Evan Carter card to get this, or Evan Carter sig to get this one. So Very nice. finally I got like it that. right there. Yeah, Don't you love that the design? Don't you love the 72 design? Yes, absolutely. This is, I mean, my I hated it when I first saw it when I was a kid. And then over time, it's like, yeah, this is this is the best design ever. So. Isn't it? It's very nostalgic. It's kind of like, you know, they try to be futuristic with it. And they 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 went. I think they went out on a limb to with that design. But it's a really great design. I love the inaction cards. I love the the rookie cards. I think I think Tops he had a home run with that design. And uh, I'm, I'm saddened. <laughs> we probably won't see it for a while now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might in about like five or six years in archives or something like that. But I always feel like with these cards, I should be able to stick in an eight track player and it'll start playing. You know, it's just like that. <laughs> it screams. No, 70s. no. You had, you had the the jing the uh, the opening music to the Bad News Bears. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I was thinking it always takes me back to like there. Back when I was a kid, they had a VH1 had their show Eight Track Flashback, which yep. was all like seventies music videos and songs and. The intro to that, I'm like, there should be a 72 Tops card just flying along in the background of it or something like that. Yeah, But a, also made a, a couple purchases. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I understand. It's a great design. Yeah, it is. I uh, made a couple purchases on eBay for the um, Major League half or Major League portion of the set there. Got two uh, high numbers cards from Matthew Boyd and Jake Rogers signed by them. So a couple more to add into the Major League half of everything there. So Do you have the whole set and you're just working off it or how? Yeah, I've got the entire set and, yeah, a whole box full of doubles as well. But, uh, yeah, so it's like if I see somebody in person, I can, you know, take the cards with me and everything easily. But if I find one on eBay, great. I'll grab it, throw it in, and just, you know, take that and toss my doubles box. And, do you consider there. the whole set just the base cards or do you include all – I'm saying, you know, the one the one to 400 or one to 500. Do you do you consider that the, the set or do you consider all the, um, you know, the ants, the the – uh, different poses and all the other stuff that they do i don't do any of the variations at all okay. none of the uh different poses different players different uh like color inversions or whatever the hell they've done with them none of that stuff i just stick to just the straight you know one through 725 of the base yep. the short prints the high numbers and don't do any of the uh yeah none of the variations none of the uh inserts or anything like that i do know a guy it's a guy that i'm actually helping out with a copy of the minor league base set here with the minor league set, he does everything. He'll do the base, the short prints, the any variations, all the inserts, God everything with it. So yeah, that's God I bless. mean, 
Have you yeah. heard the if the uh, the high numbers the uh, uh, update set is coming out? Do we have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard anything yet for uh, this year for the major league set, but I mean, it seems I I haven't heard of it being eliminated either. So I would assume that it will be coming probably though late, like in October again. That's October, how it's been the last yeah. couple of years. There, it comes out like October after the season is into the playoffs at least, and if not, totally over. All right, sorry to interrupt. I'm just all I'm interested. I'm interested in you did it today, Drew. I need and more. I need more Drew. It's all good. <laughs> all right, guys, we have a really fun show for you this week. Uh, we have Delaney. Hill Delaney is a high school college, high school basketball player in North Carolina, and she got recruited to play Division One. So I talked to Delaney about the recruitment process and her time, and I thought it was just a, a different thing that I'm always interested in. I don't know about you, Drew. I'm always interested in how they recruit these kids and, and uh, you know, what type of stuff do they offer them in terms of, you know, not not money. This is, the, you know, this is girls right. division one basketball. We're not we're not talking division one football, but still right. I was interested to see what her, her journey was to, to finally picking a school. So that will that will have that an interview a little later. And then we also have our, our friend Brian Parapa uh, is going to be on to talk about his new uh, venture. It's called Mint and it is a um, card sleeve, like a protective card case. And it's really cool. So we're going to talk to Brian about that. And then Wednesday, we're going to have Ryan Friedman, who is the co-founder of Auction Report. And we're going to talk to him about everything that's going on in the auction world. But we also have a lot of our, re we have all our regular segments, right, True? We do indeed. Baker's Dozen. We're covering all of the news from the hobby from the previous week. Anything that's come out that's worth noting, we've got it in there. You mentioned we've got Brian Pierrep on the way. We've got Delaney Hill and her dad joining us on the show as well. Making the grade. We cover everything in the world of sports card grading. We got a good amount of news from that usually every week, and this week is no exception. Stamp approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up to anything from the previous week. You, you never know what you're going to get out of us. Sometimes it's food related. Sometimes it's related to, you know, other random sports. Sometimes it's music, TV shows, movies. You never know what we're going to come up with. So keep it, keep, uh, keep, uh, keep tuned for that. It's always fun. The Vern Rap Minute, covering deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody that you might consider TTMing, we will let you know if they have passed away during the previous week. And, of course, the main reason why everybody is here, why the show exists, our TTM returns. All right, guys, a couple things. We, we're going to have a uh, – Les is going to do an appraisal next week. So if you have any items that you want Les to appraise and to get – just kind of give you a ballpark estimate of what the value is also. If you're concerned about something that you have signed that may or may not be – uh, look look good. Uh, Les will do that free of charge. We're going to do that uh, next next week. So please get your stuff in. I would say try to get it in by the end of the day on Tuesday. And then we will get definitely get it on. We've I, I already have a couple. So we've got that. And what you can do is to send that stuff to. TTMcast at yahoo.com. TTMcast yahoo.com. That's it. Drew, Drew, Drew gets a quarter every time we say the email. And it gets double if I have to say it. Right. <laughs> All right. We love to hear from you guys. We love feedback. If you want to be on the show, uh, Collector's Corner, we love Collector's Corner talking to the people that are passionate about collecting. So send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Right, we should count how many we do every uh, TT, how many email things we do every show, Drew. Right. Keep track of that. All right. I think we've got all our housekeeping in order, Drew. We are ready for Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen of the New Summer, what's been going on in the hobby. And as I said, we got a couple of contests that we're, we got going on. We've got first, we got a $10 coupon from Collects. If you just want to get $10 to spend in their marketplace, buy any card you want, multiple, uh, up to $10. They're going to give you free $10. It's really easy. All you have to do is download the Collects Marketplace, the Collects uh, program from either your Google Play or your um, App Store. Apple App Store doesn't cost you anything, and then once you get a, a username, uh, send our the username and your your collects username and your email address to us, and put in ten dollar coupon in the subject line, and we'll collects will send you ten bucks. Credit your right to the account. You can do whatever, whatever you want with it. You send that information to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Very good. Also, we had our uh, friends at Honored Athlete on uh, last week. Honored uh, Athlete, they. They are a card manufacturing company, and they print uh, college cards. So we've got seven packs of uh, packs from 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 on an athlete to give away, and we are going to give those away next Saturday, right? Through next Saturday, we'll yep. give give them away. I probably have uh, fifteen or twenty people entered already, so not everyone's going to get it back. So, but the odds are pretty good. Uh, so get your name. I want your name and your mailing address. Very important mailing address, guys. Uh, send it. Send it to me at. TTMcast at yahoo.com. Yep. Send to, I, I would say we need it by, um, I don't know, noontime on Friday because Drew will, I, Drew and I will pick the winner sometime on Friday or, and we'll announce it on Saturday's show. Just, Drew, I, I can't believe we still have to do this. This is just, it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have like the Perry Mason, uh, jingle or something in there, right? Cool. Right. Yes. We're, ta we're, ta we're talking about courts and courts have, mm -hmm. have, Reared their ugly head again this week. Uh, just a couple things, and we're just not going to really comment on it until I don't. I don't like people. I don't like the total guest of it. There's a lot of unknown, and, and you're you're commenting on unknowns, but we're just going to report what happened and then um, take it from there. Right, Joe? Yep. All right. So, uh, fanatics tried to switch their venue in the trial to New York City, and that got denied. So that's that's a, a small win for Panini. Uh, it is going to be going on still in Florida, and uh, I think from Panini's standpoint, it's certainly much better to be in Florida than New York, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely. That's the problem is that I mean the courts are so different from one region to the next. And no, I know. I think Florida would is definitely a better one for Panini, which is ironic because that's where Fanatics' uh, headquarters is in Florida. You think you know a little bit of home field advantage almost there, but. No, not really. It was doesn't really help them at all. And yeah, I just uh, we needed the uh, Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons, the ha ha sound effect <laughs> to go in there after uh, that was announced. But yeah, very good. Hey, I also heard from more than one source that the feds are really watching this closely, uh, meaning, uh, you know, they're all concerned about the monopoly. They're concerned about fair trade. They're concerned about, uh, you know, um, negotiating in good faith. And a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that has kind of come up with all this. So the feds are watching this closely. And I guess that's a 
good thing, right? Because then justice will will prevail, right? If it was if it was just swept under the rug and done and done in a closed door someplace, um, it doesn't have as much clout behind it as um, the feds really take keeping an eye on this. And I think that's another good thing for Panini, right? Absolutely, yeah. It helps out Panini, and ultimately, more than anything, it helps out collectors because yeah. I mean competition that's what it all comes down to and that's been the big criticism of panini for a long time it's like oh well they're they're destroying any kind of competition and now it's like well fanatics is doing it and now like i mean they're doing it on steroids basically it's not just in the car <laughs> industry. they're doing it in a lot of different areas there so i mean yeah even as somebody who's worked for panini i've always kind of sat there and thought is this are we doing what's right for the hobby but yeah i mean now and then you look at fanatics it's like ooh, okay um let's let's uh hey yo let's uh let's let's change this up a little bit here guys so i'm glad to know the feds are looking into this and they're keeping an eye on it and it's i mean like it or not it's a it cards have become a billion dollar industry and there needs to be some kind of regulatory wa uh, watchdog on it so glad to hear that's that they're that they're watching this i agree and we had the news from the nfl players association this week that they told panini to stop selling uh cards with with their athletes on the cards that would they they are no they're breached their contract and i'm just saying this is fact this isn't opinion right this is this right. is what, what's been transpiring uh panini is hoping to have an injunction uh, in place so that they can still carry on business as they have and um they we've had i've heard some retail chains will not be selling panini football cards right now panini is still if you go on their website right now you can go and buy whatever football cards they they have that have been released so um i'm not sure what direction this is going <laughs> but i think we're in in for a a long uh drawn out process would you agree yes uh there are reports out there from a few good sources that say that panini is going to file for arbitration on it so that basically you know somebody's got to sit down look at this contract and say yes they can do this or no they can't do this the unfortunate thing about arbitration is that the actual details of anything that go on in arbitration do not appear to be made public at any point. Right, so we sealed. won't know. All we'll get is the, uh, we'll get like the final verdict on it, basically from the arbitrator and nothing else. So yeah, hopefully they'll have, an, they'll have an arbitration. Hopefully they'll have an official ruling on it fairly quickly, but it sucks because I would love to know like, okay, well, what exactly is the reasoning for how they thought they could get out of this? And why, why did they get out of it? Or why didn't they get out of it? You know, but yeah, all we're going to have is, one word basically on the whole thing of like yes or no can they continue yes can they continue no so well it's certainly uh, interesting and intriguing how all this uh, is going to play out and obviously it affects us as collectors and we want a great cards and we want b to be able to afford them right that's about we, we yes. you know we want what's we want we're doing and right now both panini and fanatics to one extent or another has kind of been hindering that for the from a collector's standpoint. So hopefully that will be all squared away. Guys, if you want to follow uh, Rich Miller on Sports Collectors Daily, he does a great job um, keeping yes. abreast of what's going on in the hobby. And, uh, and he's followed this uh, very well for, since day one. So I recommend following Rich Miller on Sports Collectors Daily. Um, and we will, you know, we'll report. That's what we're, we're going to report, not uh, give our opinion on a lot of, a lot of this stuff um, because – we don't know. It's hard to give an, a point, an opinion on something that you're not 100% sure 
what's true, what's not true, what what uh, what are the ramifications? I'm not a lawyer. Drew's not a lawyer. Um, so we're 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 excited like you and anything that happens that, that's good that's happening in with Panini and Fanatics. We will try to keep you informed the best we can. Right, yeah. Joe. We have a bunch we, of new releases this week. Uh, Two thousand. Yes, we do. Woohoo! <laughs> let's get let's get back to talking cards because I don't want to say uh, suits and injunctions and, and all that other garbage anymore. Yeah, exactly. It gets a little tiring after a while. But yeah, hey, new cards, and that's the most important thing. It is. We have the oh. upper deck black diamond hockey that's going to be coming out this week. So uh, for any of the hockey collectors out there, that's always a fun one. I always like black diamond since the '90s when they first came up with it. Um, in this one, though, they've made it into a more expensive product. Now you get six premium cards per box. Ooh. Uh, you get an autograph or non-auto diamond relic. Uh, you also get an exquisite collection card and three other cards all in there. $270 is the price tag on that one. I want Upper Deck to just put out hockey cards that are affordable. And don't worry about all this other high-end stuff, right? Right, right. <laughs> That's what I want. All right. We have from Tops. Tops. 2023 Tops for Steam Baseball is out. You get six packs, 10 cards per pack. You get three autos, one uh, auto relic, 10 base, and five inserts. The 2023 Tops for Steam Baseball is going for about $400. I've got some uh, Panini Luminance football. This is what we mentioned last week. We weren't sure what was going to quite happen with it, and they are progressing onward with it. It is coming out 10 packs, four cards per pack. You're going to get three autos in a box, one memorabilia and five parallels. Four inserts, 12 rookies. Luminance is always a great product. There's a lot of fun uh, photography that goes on in there. They try to pick the best photos they can for it. It's going to be about $300 to $350. Yeah, they are, they're great-looking cards. Panini's done a great job with the Luminance football. Um, and as we said, they're going to release them as long as they can, right? Until until yes. so, I think until a judge sells them to not uh, sell them anymore. And I think the... Uh, that's why we're, we're again. I'm not. I don't want to talk lawsuits. I'm done. I'm done talking lawsuits. Right. <laughs> hey, right, well, big Phil Philly show is coming up September 22nd to the 24th. It's phillyshow.com. There's all sorts of guys, good guys there. Cal Ripken. Do you have Scott Rowland? Do you have his autograph? I don't. I don't have Ripken or Rowland actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't have. I don't have. Uh, I have. I have Ripken, but I don't have a Rowland. Um, I, I think that might be my next purchase to, because he's still pretty affordable. I think. Yeah, I mean. He's he's a Hall of Famer, so it's probably, you know, got a little bit of a boost in uh, price because of that. But he's not like one of the super huge name Hall of Famers, though. So, yeah, yeah I, I actually just picked up his rookie card, uh, Topps rookie card for, for nice. a buck or two. It was, it was cheap. Uh, and back to the Philly show. Uh, Dr. J is going to be there. Alan Iverson, Pete Rose, Billy Wagner, uh, uh, Jim Tomei and Wally Jones, friend of the show, will be there. So uh, Philly show, September 22nd to the 24th. Uh, always a good show. Hopefully you guys can make it down. Uh, it looks like a great show. Yep. Uh, just been throwing this one heavily. Went to a, the basketball version of it last year. Doing a football version this year in Naples. The Naples show in uh, March. It'll be March 25th at the Naples All-Star Events is what they call this. And this time it's going to be, like I said, football with Thurman Thomas, Rocky Blyer, and uh, Lawrence Taylor all going to be down there. So if you can get down to Florida for that show, definitely check it out. Yeah, you go to NaplesAllStarEvents.com to purchase tickets, and uh, they sell out fairly quickly. It's it's a, uh, um, you know, the venue's not that big. It's just a big ballroom, you know, almost like going to a wedding. So uh -huh. 
so they 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 really they sell out pretty quickly so if you do if you're interested in attending uh, i suggest you get your tickets you know in the next couple of weeks and it's also um it's a fairly fun event and it's a great you know it's a nice christmas present to to a football fan if you you know you get you get tons of access to these guys and you can get multiple things signed they they they're just signing left and right the whole time so it is a fun event well drew we have some auction news to let everyone know about a uh, complete run of autographed mickey mantle cards with the tops uh 52 signed uh i think the mantle was a one it was not a great condition card but still a sign uh went for two hundred sixty four thousand dollars in a recent heritage auction nice uh, yeah, got some more Mantle news from there as well. A game jersey from 1958 of Mickey Mantle's went for $4.68 million. And an SGC 9 of his 1952 Tops card, $4.5 on that. So Mickey Mantle, always going to be big money. I mean, that's two items right there combined over $9 million. Over that's $9 million, yep. Uh, also, on in the same auction, uh, the only no, known signed version of the 1952 Burke Ross uh, Mickey Mantle card. Uh, it's a really nice looking card, actually. Uh, sold for $198,000. So, it, a true one of one group, right? The, somebody yes. might have it sitting in the in their uh, their basement someplace, but that's the only known, known signed version. It went for $198,000. Wow. Got uh, Michael Jordan's first ever Sports Illustrated. Came on came out on December 10th of 1984. It was graded 9.8 by, uh, was that CGC that did the grading on yeah. that? Yeah, 9.8 by CGC. That is really good. Breaks the record for the most, for the highest price ever for a magazine, $126,000 on the price there. So keep your magazines in good condition. You never know what uh, might happen with uh, with them in the future. Just look at that one. Yeah, speaking of magazines, Drew and I talked about this on, uh, I think, if not the last show, then this show before, a collection mm -hmm. of more than 4,000 copies of Sports Illustrated, including more than 2,000 signed items by the legendary athletes, not just baseball, but everything. Uh, 2,000 autographs went for $204,000 at a heritage auction. And Drew, if I had $205,000, I think I would have bought it. Yeah, I mean, that's a real awesome sounding collection right there. I mean, with 2,000 of them signed, that's... I mean, that comes out to basically paying only about $100 per magazine and getting the other unsigned ones totally free with it. So that's that's pretty nice yeah, right there. Yeah, I think that was a good deal. Well, uh, Drew, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. We had a lot to talk about this week in terms of news. Now we're going to do a little – It's not. this isn't a collector's corner. This is just kind of a feature. Um, I spoke with Delaney Hill. Delaney Hill is a high school basketball player. She's very good. Very. She's very good. Very, very good, actually. And she got uh, recruited by Division One. Um, she's going to go to Albany, not this, this fall, but next fall, because she's entering her senior year in high school and she's going to score her thousandth point. And we talked to Delaney about what's going on in the recruiting process. And her dad is there as well. And I thought it would just be interesting as collectors. We always hear, oh, so-and-so got recruited by USC and this guy got recruited by Alabama. And, you know, I think it, it was, it was nice to see it from the athlete's point of view, as opposed to just us fans, right? The, the guy sitting on the, the couch. So please enjoy my interview with Delaney and Rich Hill. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. 
Upgrade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today. All right, guys, we have a very special guest. I should say we have two special guests today. We have Delaney Hill. Delaney Hill is entering her senior year at Providence High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's been a very uh, exciting summer for Delaney. It's an exciting year. She just signed a letter of intent to go to Albany in uh, the fall of 2024. She's going to play D1 college basketball with them. And uh, her dad, Rich, joins us as well. And I thought it'd be really neat to talk to um, an athlete, a college athlete, you know, somebody that's entering college and uh, talked about the process of being recruited. Cause you know, we got, we followed sports all the time. We follow uh, the NBA, the WNBA, and we, we, we see these guys, the, these kids that we get recruited and there's a lot that goes into it. And I thought it'd be neat to talk to Delaney who's who literally just, signed the letter of intent probably about a week ago and uh just talk to her about what's been going on in her high school and college uh, future college career so welcome to the program delaney and rich thank you thank, thank you. you for having us you must be able to breathe now delaney right it's just it's like because it, it's been going on for what a year and a half maybe yeah definitely and so do you feel a, a sense of relief that that okay now I now I have direction and I know where I'm going to be for the next uh, 5 years right I get a year of high school and then 4 years of college in, in, in Albany is that, is that a sense of relief to you 100% I think um the process is very stressful for anyone um just trying to find the right fit home away from home so I'm super excited with my choice and uh, I can't wait um to get up there Rich, now I'm going to, this is for you, because I know you have two other children, kids that are in college, and uh, Delaney's going to be be your third going to Albany. Um, how is it different for you guys when it's from choosing a school to being chosen by a school, so to speak, um, in Delaney's uh, case? How, how has it been different for you? So <clears throat> my other two children uh, didn't play sports, and uh, Delaney, uh, being my youngest, was the athlete in the family. This all started for her really in eighth grade. And you don't realize the process, boys or girls, um, when they're trying to be recruited and play at that next level. So in eighth grade, she played with a phenomenal team out of Charlotte with uh, a girl who's now committed to a power five up here in North Carolina. Uh, that team was starting to get exposure. So I remember in eighth grade, she was playing in tournaments in Louisville, Kentucky, and Gino Ariema is sitting on the baseline watching her team. And you had the head coach of Michigan watching Delaney's team in UCLA and Georgia and all these big schools were watching this, obviously taller, bigger player, but they Delaney caught a lot of eyes. And uh, it was right um, the summer of her freshman year, he got, she got her first offer, and it was to uh, Eastern Tennessee State University, uh, her first Division One offer. And we were ecstatic, but we had no idea what, what to expect. She was only 14, maybe. And uh, over that time, she's gotten about nine offers, uh, and uh, she works her tail off, but the whole process uh, for her and a parent is extremely stressful and long. And uh, we're, her mom and I couldn't be more proud of her and her decision to choose Albany. Um, we visited, obviously, more than the nine schools, Delaney and I. And it's very interesting just to see uh, the way that the coaches and the teammates and the programs are all different and unique. And I, I think uh, Delaney made a good decision, and we're super happy for her. But it's been a long three, probably four-year process, this whole thing from start to finish. And Delaney, you don't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to Albany, right? There's a lot of factors that, that go into uh, choosing a school, you know, even if you're an athlete, not an athlete, but an athlete, it's really important because really you're owned by the 
and I say that in the best way, you're owned by the college because you're, you're, you're going to be uh, putting your heart and soul and, and your body into into performing on the basketball court for these schools. Uh, who did you talk to? Uh, did you have any mentors or coaches that, that, that you went to and said, hey, here's all the schools I'm looking at um, and I'm really considering Albany. What, what's your thoughts? Who, who really kind of helped you make that decision? Uh, I think the most important person were my parents. Um, they always want the best for me. So just talking to them and seeing their perspective was super important to me. But also my um, high school coach, Anthony George, um, he's got a lot of connections and he also wants the best for me. And he he told me the truth and he thought what was best for me, where I fit. And um, I think his criticism has helped me even off, off and on the court. So I think he his opinion is super important as well. Now, I know you're approaching a thousand career points in high school. That is a milestone that anyone can be proud of. Um, do you have any any thoughts on, on, on when you might reach that milestone? And, and uh, do you think the school's going to stop the game and give you the game ball and all that kind of stuff? Um, I think we typically do. Um, my, my coaches may have like a little plaque or something, but I don't know when. And um, I'm just uh, excited for the season. But I, I definitely am thinking about that in the back of my mind, for sure. So you, you know you're you're a guard and and guards get to you do touch the ball a lot you're 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 the point guard do you prefer passing shooting or playing D I think uh my play style fits as a pass first point guard even though I can score when needed but I like watching my teammates succeed and, and being able to drop off a pass to my big or kick it out to the shooter that makes a three so um I definitely think passing is my favorite part of the game and especially you know the long court passes the outlet and the th- the baseball pass down the court to a wide open layup is definitely my favorite for sure do you have you fit some buzzer beaters to win games do you have a favorite moment on the court um I mean those buzzer beaters are definitely up there um I think I mean every game is different and I really enjoy playing every game um but I think um probably freshman year my team made it to the final four in the state playoffs which was really a great experience for a freshman just to kind of get out there um, that was a really good experience. And then, I mean, this last year playing against some of the top competition, playing against girls who are going to these great schools, um, was also really great. You got to visit a, a number of schools, either officially or unofficially. And I know a lot of coaches, uh, met with you and, um, what kind of, what factors led you to finally choosing Albany over some of these other great schools? Uh, definitely the coaches. I mean, the relationship they've built with me over the past year or more, um, really meant a lot to me and showed that they really cared for me um, as a person and just getting to know them and how they interact was really great. Um, also, academics are super important to me, and I know Albany's a great school for that, and they've got um, any major that I kind of am looking at right now, so that's also really exciting. Um, but I'm going to go back up there and kind of meet everyone, which is also nice to kind of see who I'll be spending um, my time with at college. Now, most importantly, Rich, did you go to any of the, the schools in, in Chester? Check, uh, check out the food first because that's really we Paul and I my wife when my sons were and daughter were going to school we would always go and eat at the dining common and and, and check it out and and boy my my son told, took chose Brandeis which had probably the worst food in the world and my daughter chose Emory and I know your son's at Emory and their food was pretty good but my daughter's at UMass now which got voted number one food in the country so did did you Richard did you check out the 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 food at these schools before he, so, he, he said, okay, you're good for not for Albany. Yeah. So the ironic thing is when I graduated from Boston college in 92, they were just putting uh, restaurants on campus. And so like a lot of these schools have Chick-fil-A on campus, hand express Starbucks. Yep. You don't even, I don't even know if the kids anymore go to a dining hall because there's so many options. And then off the campus, there's so many great places. 
But uh, we always made sure that we did it uh, when we could it overnight so we could check out the neighborhoods and the communities and really get a feel for what, you know, it's about not just on campus, but if Delaney's going to be there for four years, what she can experience off campus. Like, what do the kids do for fun? You know, and so uh, we definitely ate a lot, traveled a lot, spent a lot of time together. Um, it was a great way to bond with her. And, uh, you know, this next 12 months is going to be very special for me. Um, <laughs> see her grow from, you know, this little kid playing YMCA basketball and basketball against boys only when she was little to this person who just gets out in the court. She's just a different person. She, I don't even recognize her sometimes. Uh, Delaney, you a little nervous about going so far away from home? Because it's not like you can, can you know, you're not going to be uh, a half hour down the street from, from home. Uh, you're a little nervous about, about uh, leaving the nest, so to speak, and uh, and, and venturing out? Um, A little bit. I definitely will miss my parents and my dogs for sure. But I've got some family up north that aren't that isn't that aren't too far. So um, if I need anything, I can always call them. Or uh, I'm sure my parents would be would love to travel up uh, and take a flight to Albany. Hey, did you get to practice with with uh, the girls at Albany? Did you get to did you get play to to get to play on the floor and see see what their their home arena is like? Did you get to uh, experience any of that yet? Unfortunately, I haven't. But they are building like right when I got there for my visit. They um are actually under construction with their arena. So we uh saw the wooden floor go down, but they're still building that in their locker room, um, which should be ready pretty soon. So I'm excited for that. Did they give you um, a list of, of things to work on for your game or workouts uh, that you should should focus on or things that you should really focus on to up your game from, from high school to Division I uh, college basketball? Uh, they did not, but um, the, I was talking with the coaches and she kind of gave me constructive criticism and asked me like what I think I can work on. And um, she told me some things that uh, I've been trying to improve on. But um, I mean, talking to other athletes around the Charlotte area and kind of seeing what they translate from high school to college, um, just taking that and working on that. You play in a pretty competitive high school um league right now and you've been playing uh I don't know, what is it called just uh all-star you're, you're playing summer all-star leagues and stuff so do you feel that the that you're ready to go up to the next level in terms of uh the speed of the game the size of the game and and, and really how much the length of the season right because uh the college season's a lot longer than uh high school season right mm -hmm. yeah um I think it'll definitely be a, an adjustment um but I think the amount of work I put in uh, and, and the confidence I have will definitely help me along the way. And, um, I think that no matter what, it'll be difficult, but I'm, I think I'm ready for the challenge and I'm going to work my hardest, um, to get there. Did you get to meet any, uh, NBA players or, uh, NBA players or former NBA players, um, you know, in the last couple of years it, it, playing in the, in these tournaments and playing in these different leagues and, uh, you know, playing in all these, in these all-star events, have you been able to meet any former NBA or, or WNBA players? Um, I haven't really like fully met anyone. I had a workout, uh, actually with Brian Scalabrini. He was at our workout. He was down, um, in Charlotte when the nice Celtics Boston Celtic. Very good. I know you're yep. a Celtic fan. So, uh, got it. He got to learn some things from him. I've met kind of seen around, not really met Tyrese Halliburton, um, from the Pacers. Um, I've seen Candace Parker who now plays for the aces around walking around in one of our tournaments. Um, but there definitely are a lot of, a lot of people who, who want to support women's basketball, which is amazing. Are you an autograph collector? Did you get picture autograph pictures or anything from these people? No, I did not. I was I was a little nervous, but um, I do like to collect for sure. Do you um 
do you uh, I was going to ask you, do you envision being asked for autographs? Have been have you been asked for an autograph yet? And uh, if not, have you been practicing your signature? Because I'm sure as a Division one player, you're, you know, kid, little kids are going to come up and ask you for your autograph. Yeah, I have. Unfortunately, I haven't been asked for that yet, but um, my signature definitely needs some work. So um, definitely got to practice that. Rich. Yeah, I know you've been, you know, you've, you've talked to so many coaches and, and Delaney has been, been exposed to a lot of different uh, types of games and stuff. Do you, do you feel the, that Albany is going to be conducive to her game and in, in terms of the speed that they play and the, the type of uh, basketball that they play? Yeah. I, from what we've seen from uh head coach, uh, they play a fast pace and that's Delaney style of fast pace, high IQ, uh, scoring, uh, they play a very competitive schedule as well. So for this year, they're actually in Thanksgiving week. They're going out to Stanford to play Stanford. Uh, they they went to the NCAA tournament. I think they told us Delaney two years ago. Uh, they played Louisville really tough. Uh, unfortunately, last year they lost in the NITs to UMass Amherst. But they they uh, they're usually up there in the top one or two in their conference. And so I think uh, this is a good fit for Delaney in terms of the style they play, the coach, the coaches, and the whole program. And like I say, we're excited for her and. Uh, I just want this next 12 months to kind of go by slowly and take it all in before she it has won't. to have a lot of time. <laughs> it won't. Delaney, I know um, a lot of colleges play in uh, Christmas tournaments. So they, you know, they play, they, they play in big tournaments. Where does, where does Albany play their tournaments? And are you looking forward to uh, traveling a little? Cause you're traveling, uh, you, you know, the Northeast and the country to play basketball in college. Yeah, um, I think each year just kind of depends where they can kind of fit in their schedule. But I think they also try to go, you know, overseas um, in the summer and just kind of get that experience against players who are have been pro for a while. Um, but, I mean, I think I'm playing it. I mean, I'm just excited to play the game. So, I mean, anyone, and I know they've got uh, kind of big games against Siena and the Albany Cup each year. Um, so I'm excited for that one, definitely. You're you're finishing up your, your high school career this year. It'll, it you're you're just started practice and you're going to start school in a couple of weeks um senior year is always fun right you get to go to the prom you get to do all, all all the cool the cool stuff what what are you looking forward to most from a basketball standpoint and what are you looking forward to most um just for your senior year there is there there's something that you're really looking forward to this year um i definitely think football games i think friday night friday night lights start pretty soon so i'm excited for that um, and just enjoying my senior year. I don't want it to go by too fast. So just kind of taking everything in. And then on the basketball court, just competing, um, playing against some really good competition. So having some good games and kind of fighting through adversity is um, what I'm expecting. And uh, I'm really excited uh, for my senior year. Are you guys um, expected to have a, a pretty good team this year going in, into your senior year? Yeah, we'll be pretty good. Um, but uh, I think it'll be some challenges. Definitely. We've got some definitely some good uh, players in the area. So some tough games for sure. You know, the we were talking about um, the recruiting process and there's so much that goes into it. What did you like most about about the process? Is there something that you, you uh, really enjoyed in terms of about, um, you know, uh, meeting all these different coaches and, and getting exposed to all these different programs and ultimately choosing Albany? Yeah, I think, I mean, just talking to everyone and learning from each coach and what they believe and um, their philosophies, like going to campuses and seeing them practice and comparing each one um, was really interesting. I mean, everyone kind of views basketball differently. So kind of gaining all that knowledge has definitely helped me at least. Um, and I think just learning, you know, from from people who've been playing a long time is it was awesome. 
We're speaking with Delaney Hill and Rich Hill. Delaney is at the class of 2024 at Providence High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Rich Hill is Delaney's dad. Delaney just signed a, a letter of commitment to go to Albany in the uh, as a member of the class of 2028. 2028, kid, that's unbelievable. <laughs> she will be starting Albany in the fall of 2024. She is a guard. She's 5'7". She is... Uh, a plays on all sorts of all-star teams and uh, is uh, going to expend is going to get her a thousand point in high school this year. And uh, we're just going to wish Delaney the best of luck choosing her college, because that is the, it's one of, it's, it's one of the big things, but when you're an athlete and you have all these people dangling all these promises and all these great things out in front of you, I'm sure it's difficult to, to make that decision. Right. Delaney. Yeah, you know, you just got to kind of look through everyone's uh, truths and kind of talk to the players and see how they interact and kind of, you know, judge with your own eyes. But um, definitely difficult to kind of see what everyone brings to the table. Yeah, well, you had a nice support group, your mom and your dad and your coaches and, and uh, people that you respected. And, and and I think you made a great choice, choice for you. And, and I know your dad's very excited. Mom and dad are very excited to go see you play in college. But first, we have to finish up high school and, and I wish you the best of luck this year. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you uh, next year when you're getting ready to play and see, see how your high your senior, your senior in high school went and uh, how your freshman year is going at uh, Albany. So congratulations. And it was great to have you on the program. Talk a little basketball with you. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it, Jeff. Well, Drew, uh, Delaney was very well spoken, and I think she's got a good head on her shoulders. And uh, you know, it's it, part of it. I think is you know these the kids if they they're grounded to a certain extent, I don't think they get jaded by get being recruited. But I mean, I you know uh, how do how do how do kids that uh, are sick, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, and they have all these people just fawning all over them. Right. And that's, mm -hmm. and then they end up being, they ended up being in, in no, I don't, you know, I'm just going to give this example. They end up being, being, uh, John Moran or what John Morant there or, yeah. or, or somebody else that that's having, uh, problems, you know what I mean? Cause they were, they didn't know how to socialize and interact with other people. And, um, you know, all their, their wishes were granted. So I thought it was nice to talk to an athlete about the process. And I hopefully you guys enjoy that. All right, Drew, next up collectors up, yes. corner. And now it's time for collectors corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. This segment is sponsored by collects the free app for scanning and cataloging your cards. Buy or sell cards on the marketplace. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. Collector's Corner. All right, we had, uh, I interviewed Brian Parrott. Brian Parrott is a great friend of the show. We've had him on a couple times. He's the one of the guys, he goes around and opens packs of cards all over the place. You know, he's op I just saw he's opened a pack, a box of 83 tops. And he actually he opened up a pack with us on on the uh, on my while I was interviewing him, and yep. he's he's still looking for the Tony Gwynn card. But uh, Brian has started a new company. It's called Mint, and it is uh, a protector, like the you know card holder, right? A card yep. holder, and you can protect it and preserve your cards. And it has all sorts of 
it's it's a cool design and that they that they've come up with and uh, the glass is is the best glass and all the other stuff. So we talked to Brian about his uh, new company Mint and also about uh, just collecting in general and opening packs. So please enjoy my interview with Brian Parrot from Mint. All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. I want to welcome back. This gentleman is the Pied Piper of baseball cards. That is what I that's what I call him because anywhere he goes, he has a case of cards, packs, and he opens packs in stadiums and you know, everywhere he goes. He's, he's the best. Him and I actually opened some uh, upper deck packs in uh, Somerville last uh, last summer. And I'm talking, yeah. of course, about Brian Pear. Brian has a brand new company that he is launching. It just launched the other day. It is called Mint. And what it is, it's a protect protective display case company right that's the best way to describe it right brian yeah yeah protective uh uh display and cases anything that's going to keep your cards safe well I'm talking to brian today from from uh, palm beach he is a, it, it is so beautiful where he is i'm so jealous i'm sitting here in my office in boston brian's been on the show a couple times and he is a, a world traveler to say the least and he is uh, as i said he uh is a great um ambassador for the hobby because he he loves cards as much as you and i and uh he start he, he's been looking around for a couple of years now and try to uh come up with a way, way to get involved in the hobby as a business and him and i i think we've been talking about this for two years right brian <laughs> i think you were the very first person i told about this whole thing <laughs> it, it is awesome you can go to i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the the uh website address it's a little different it's the letter m the number one n-t-a-v-e-r-s-e that's the name that's the uh url and that's all the social media and the name of the company is mint but with a one for the, the i instead of so he he confuses yeah. everybody he's done everything every marketer tells you not to do <laughs> brian has done it right <laughs> yeah that that's the goal the goal is to do things that i think are cool and not necessarily always going to be easy well, I know you've been, you know, you're you're a, a huge collector of uh, unopened uh, wax and, and you love uh, open on open wax, but I think you saw a hole in the hobby and that's why why you decided to uh, uh, develop it and uh, come up with Mint. Yeah, actually it was, um, it's been a long time coming actually. I, I first thought about this about 15 years ago, I got back into the hobby in a way where um, I took it more seriously. Like as a kid, you know, I had fun opening packs and trading with my my friends. But about 15 years ago, I decided, you know, I started kind of getting back into it. The nostalgia came flooding into my into my soul, and it uh, <laughs> that's and the I, best way to I, it gets in your soul, doesn't it, Brian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. There's a depth there, and it's uh, it's unexplainable as well. Like every time I try to truly explain what what it is that kind of brings me in and holds me there and keeps me transfixed for all these years and doesn't let up is it's unexplainable. It's a, it's a combination of probably, you know, 10, 15 different things. But about 15 years ago, I was sitting there up in Vancouver, Canada, and I was looking at all these cards. And I was kind of, I used an Excel spreadsheet to kind of uh, put all my favorite cards into a single, I was trying to imagine what they would look like on my wall. Yep. And and then I started Googling around. I was like, hey, is somebody building some sort of a cool display for my cards? And uh, the more I looked, the more frustrated I got because I just couldn't find anything. And so every couple of years, uh, I would Google again 
Is somebody making a great display for cards? Is there some sort of, because <clears throat> most of the things that I saw were uh, pretty tacky or I would take my cards into frame shops and I would say, hey, can you do something to kind of build me a wall display or some sort of frame? And they would always say, well, we can, you know, to do it the way right, we, you want. We want, want $5,000. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, super expensive. And yeah, also it doesn't they really would always work. And they would talk about destroying my cards. They're like, yeah, we can put some glue and some tape and on your cards. And I'm like, no, no, no. And they're like, okay, we can put them in the, you know, in the plastic cases. I'm like, no, I want there to be a, a better way to do it. And it wasn't until it was about, yeah, two years ago uh, where I was kind of in a transition time, like many of us were due to pandemic. And I was currently, you know, working on a tourism and television business with China, which is the worst possible business that you could be in during the, the <laughs> during, big, during, you know, COVID. During, during COVID, right? And and so I was talking to my team about it, and I was just, you know, you know, we were talking about all the other businesses we could get into, and I was complaining one day about my cards, like I wanted to have them on my wall, and I didn't like these cheap plastic, you know, cases that uh, had been around since I was a kid. And one of my team members was just like, well, why Why are we not doing that? Why aren't we not? I, they said, is anyone else in the market? And I said, no, nobody's doing this. Not in a way that's compelling and not in a way that's beautiful, that A, protects the card and makes it beautiful. And so we we spent about you know three, four months just researching and doing our kind of due diligence on the whole hobby and trying to see, is there a way to bring premium materials or better systems, better processes. And so we we actually spent a long time just researching. We actually brought a team out from Cambridge University in, in England, and they came, it was a whole team of MBAs with the most perfect backgrounds for what we were doing. And we brought them out, at the time we were based in Atlanta, and we brought these five MBAs out to Atlanta, um, and we had them uh, along with the rest of our team just exploring and researching and plugging around and trying to, yeah, do a lot of we did a lot of interviews and surveys and focus groups trying to figure out what was important to collectors, what people wanted, what people were frustrated with, rather than just kind of diving into it. And I think that's the problem with a lot of companies that have tried to innovate in the in kind of the plastics space and right. The, it's the a lot of seeing the pants stuff, right, Brian? It's a lot of yeah, yeah. It just doesn't stuff. feel like people have put a lot of thought into it. And it's just like, oh, let me make a, a quick dollar. Let me do whatever I can to to get rich quick. And 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 we were thinking, you know what? We're going to have to, if we're going to do this thing, we're going to do it right. And we're going to start with the research element first. We're going to start with the collection of data. And we're, we are going to hire mechanical engineers and industrial designers and materials engineers. And we're going to look at exactly what it would take to archive a sports card for a long period of time under total uh, conditions like, you know, sunlight, UV protection, and what kinds of chemicals in the plastic are touching the card. We shouldn't be using plastic. We should be using glass. What kind of glass? Sapphire glass, you know, uh, gorilla glass, all the different kinds of glass. We hired uh, a glass expert to come in and speak to us about glass. And so we really went as deep as you possibly could into what goes into uh, protecting and displaying cards. And I think we ended up building the most beautiful displays and protections uh, by an order of magnitude. There's nothing even close to what we're doing. 
Yeah, and and no, it's funny because you and I've been talking for a while. Where you know, we, I've had you on the show. We we've met before. I consider you a friend of mine. And yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, man. And, uh, you you know what? When you when you when you look at it, it's you got to preserve your cards, right? You look at a, a, a you know nine point five Mickey Mantle that got sold for twelve million dollars, and it's sitting in a on a plastic base with nothing to protect it and to blows bring, my mind bring out the beauty of the card it's just the, there's a huge gaping hole in pres- protecting and preserving what we cherish right yeah no that was actually uh very notable to me i remember one day i had a bunch of my cards and various kinds of plastic uh this is a few years ago and uh and a girlfriend of mine uh, was looking at him and she's like oh those are really cute you know and she was talking to me like i was uh you know this was a cute little collection for a kid, right? And it wasn't a serious collection. And I was like, no, that card you're holding right there, that's a $10,000 card. That's a that's a, a, a Mickey Mantle 1957 high-grade card. And and it blew her away that this Mickey Mantle that she thought was maybe worth $5, maybe $10, right? It, it was actually a $10,000 card. And so you're totally right. When you take into account that there's cards that are worth now tens of millions there was that uh the sgc nine yesterday sold for 4.5 million million, yeah right and that is in a in a very uh, it's a piece of plastic and the polymers from the plastic can actually seep into the card and so it's not actually damaged the card it it, it amazes me that all these grading companies they're not using using uv protected blows my mind it's actually the uv process is not entirely complex but it's all the elements and keep making sure that chemically inert plastics are not directly touching the card. And that's what's been happening. So, you know, a lot of these high grade cards are probably degraded over time because they've been in contact with the sun or the chemicals of the plastic. And that's why it, it to me, when I see the, you know, when I was at the national last year and I saw that Mickey Mantle PSA 10 sitting there, and it's plastic and it was and not just plastic it was plastic behind more plastic and then additional plastic so it's it's almost a farce and it makes our hobby look kind of cheap and and like a kid's toy when so many of us have spent you know decades and real passion and time into this hobby we want to protect them we want them to you know be heirlooms or investments or whatever but they mean more to us than just a, a child's toy at this point Right. And I, like you, you, I have cards that might not be worth tens of thousands of dollars, but they are to me because they have sentimental value. I remember when I got them or, or one of my favorite yeah. players or they, you know, there's the something that I would definitely want to protect and preserve. We're talking with Byron, Brian Parrott. Brian has a new company just launched last week and it is called Mint. And the URL, I'm going to give it to you because he, he confused. <laughs> Sorry the about the URL. Sorry about that. <laughs> com. That's the website. Go check it out. There's two There's two different levels of cases, right, Brian? Yeah, that's right. And by the way, the URL, the reason why we selected that actually is that we, we started going by Mint for the first, uh, you know, while, and maybe the first year. And then we discovered that there was a nightclub in Shanghai, China. It's <laughs> called Mint, and they owned the URL, and so we wanted to get it from them, but you know they weren't having it. So one of our guys uh, jokingly uh, said, "Oh, why don't we call the URL the Mintiverse?" And uh, and so we were like, actually, that's kind of funny. And then it went from that's kind of funny to that's kind of cool, 
and we liked the look of it. And we're also going to be building a tech platform, like a, a collector's platform, like a free collector's platform where you can, you know, organize your cards and have fun with them. Yep. And so we're like, well, let's just call that the Mentiverse and use the URL. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right, uh, Jeff. We have uh, different levels of cards. So <laughs> the two that I'm showing uh, Jeff right now are one is the, the super premium glass and the other is a... Uh, is a high grade acrylic. Yeah, just so, so that people know, this the the super premium one, which is called the mint case. It kind of looks like an iPhone almost. It has that that kind of same about the same size, and your card kind of sits in that iPhone, which is is a is a glass with a. Uh, it's just a really beautiful looking uh, display. Um, what people don't know that we haven't told them yet is that uh, we laser etch on the side the details of the card, so. Um, you know, one of the things I didn't like about the grading companies' ways of doing things was that you have this this flip at the top of like a PSA, SGC, you know, BGS or whatever, and it's got a bunch of serial numbers and it's got your grade, it's got the name of the card. And what I didn't like about that is that I always found that to be very distracting, and I found it to be very uh, distracting from the actual card itself. And so, a lot of times, when you look at a, a graded card, your eye goes directly to the numbers and the names up at the top and kind of in my opinion it's always taken away from the beauty of the card and so when we first hired our initial industrial designer and i was kind of talking him through all uh, good uh, for us is that he was a card collector as well and he had grown up around cards and i said you know one of the things that that really bugs me is that kind of the flip up at the top and i think it distracts from the card and his response was well why don't we put it on the side why don't we laser etch it like a like a book? You know, like let's let's make these like books where you have the spine of the book and you have the details of the book on the side. It's not like you have a book and it has on the top yeah. of the book, you know, uh, a, a flip. So we ended up laser etching all the details to every card on the side. And so when you even stack them up like on a wall or whatever, you can see them and you can read them like a book and pull them off the wall. But I think it makes it a lot more elegant and most importantly. It puts the focus of the eye directly onto the card and really lets the card uh, do the do the speaking, which is, I think, really important. Have you been uh, dealing with the, the grading companies all, at all? Have you talked to them about, about what you guys are doing and, and have they uh, shown interest in, in kind of coming on board? Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, we actually, two years ago when we were first going over all this, the initial reaction is, ah, we're going to have to become a grading company. It's going to have to be, you know, that's going to have to be a core part of our business. The only way that we can do this is to, is to become a grader ourselves. And the more we looked at it, uh, I, it was a, a, one of the MBAs from Cambridge who actually said, stop thinking about, uh, about becoming a grader yourself. The, the easy answer here is to partner with the graders. You don't have to fight the graders. You can partner with them. Because at the end of the day, the part the graders are not a product. They're a service. It's a service industry. They provide a service, and that service is providing a grade. The no, none, you'll never meet a single uh, grader that thinks of themselves as a as a um, industrial designer. They don't they don't pride themselves on their their cases. Whenever you talk I mean, to a grader, they'll always say, "Our grade is better. Our grade is the best. We take the most time and effort into the grade." But they don't actually. the The case has always been an afterthought. Right, I, think a couple I agree. Of the, it's been an afterthought. 
I think a couple of the, the grading companies care more about the, the cases and that reflects, but it's still not their core part of their business. They're a service business. And so we ended up approach. we started approaching the graders about a year ago and we just wanted to get their feedback. We didn't want to come into this but like as a belligerent uh, with, you know, any kind of antagonizing uh, ways of doing things. We didn't want to reinvent the wheel and tell them how to do things differently. We wanted to say, hey, you guys are a service. We're a product. It seems like it's a perfect fit. You guys do the grades and offer us as a value add. And the cool thing that they love about what we're doing is it's not that they're just going to get revenue from new clients that are coming in to have their cards graded, but they have all their legacy clients over 30 you know, years that can then resend in much like a reholder's service or a crossover service. So it actually gives the graders an entire new revenue stream for them. So we were, uh, the graders actually, they love us and we have a great relationship with them. I'm friends with uh, the graders. And so we're able to give them a solution instead of them having to spend, you know, the years and millions of dollars to go do their, uh, build their own high grade cases. They're able to work with us and we solve a problem that they didn't realize they had. And it also allows them to have more revenue in the long term. So it's a win, win, win for absolutely everyone. It's a win for the customers. It's a win for us. And it's a win for the graders. Everyone wins in this scenario. So Brian, if I want to get, I have, I have a 1960 Mickey Mantle that I, that isn't great. It's a raw card, but I want to put it in the mint display because the mint case, because I really like that. So would I, would I send that card off to PSA and tell them that I want to put it in your case or do I purchase the case from you? And and then how, how, how do you see the logistics of the the whole transaction working for the collector? You you always ask the very best questions, Jeff. You have the most thoughtful, wonderful questions. Um, uh, in that scenario, if it, for the raw cards, people can send them directly to us or they can send them to the grader. Either way, it's going to get your card into the case, but it's it's going to be best to send it to Mint directly. And so if you send your raw cards, uh, we will encapsulate them and return. If you send them to the graders, it will go to the graders and then they will encapsulate and return. But it will be a, a, a um, an easier, faster turnaround if it comes to, uh, directly to us. But that's that's exactly you, you the nail on the head though is that for every graded card for anyone that wants to reholder or do a crossover they're going to send their cards in directly to the graders. So in many ways we are a, a B two B business, but we are going to be handling a, a, a lot of, of raw cards. I, in fact, I can't wait to get your uh, nineteen uh, was it nineteen seventy two Carlton Fisk a Carlton Fisk uh, rookie that's autographed with the other players autographed into one of our mint cases. That's that's just a matter of time, man. <laughs> you know that. Hey, um, let's talk about the hobby cases, which are uh, in terms of uh, cost and in terms of involvement. It's a little more closer to a one touch, right? That so someone can purchase the the hobby cases directly from you, and then uh, kind of self service and, and drop their cards into the, the hobby cases. Yeah, we are actually taking pre orders for the hobby case right now. Uh, one of the, the reason I started doing the hobby case to begin with is that we knew with the, the mint case that we had achieved the, the pinnacle. It's the highest of the high. These are going to be pricey, but they are as good as it gets. It does not get better than this. And they also are completely anti. They, they kill the counterfeiters. You cannot counterfeit this. You cannot break the counterfeiting on this. This is a this is like a Fort Knox for a card. Because uh, once it's sealed, take- Brian, you're not opening it up and, and swapping that card out for another 
another card, right? Well, we can. If somebody wants to swap out a, a I'm card, just saying as a collector, say I have, yeah, I yeah. have three mint case, cases and all, all of a sudden I just got a, a 1958 autograph uh, Frank Robinson card that I want to get I wanted to put that in instead of my yeah. uh, Kevin McHale rookie yeah. card. No, you won't be able to do that. Right. You will not be able to open these up yourselves and put a new card in. But, uh, the, but the hobby cases, you can. Yes, with the hobby cases, they, as you said, they act like a, similar to a one touch, um, where it you can you put them in yourself. It's a DIY. You put your card in. It, it has two different security uh, parts. So there's the first where you put. Uh, the card into uh, two pieces of acrylic. They close using uh, kind of this uh, two magnets, one on the top, one on the bottom, so that your card is actually properly secure. I've had one touches fall apart on me and the card goes flying and that always is a bad uh, yep. moment when you see it. Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had a one touch fall apart on us. Or if you're clumsy like me, you have 30 of them fall apart. Uh, but uh, we wanted to make sure that this had uh, more protections and really, once again, re-engineered from beginning to end. And we also wanted to kind of go down to the bottom of the, you know, of uh, the expense market and be able to make sure that this was something that everyone could have. But when you put the two magnets together and the card is essentially sealed inside, then you have this uh, this extra acrylic be bezel where the uh, card then slides into it, much like a SIM card slides into a phone. And then it uh, locks in with additional very strong magnets at the bottom so that you're not going to have your your hobby case just won't fall out, won't fall apart. Yeah. And they're also stack, stackable. And so you can, you know, stack them as you wish. They, But most importantly is they just make the card look what I think. Oh, is, you is, pulled out the Jim Rice for me, didn't you? <laughs> actually we're no looking, this was uh, looking this at an 83 Jim Rice. Now, i know i saw you open it you just opened yeah, it the other like, day right yeah, yeah that was just yesterday we yeah. were we were sitting there at this hotel and uh we said oh let's just one open a single pack and put in uh whatever if we find any hall of famer and there in the middle of the pack was the jim rice and i just read this whole article the week before on jim rice uh saving the kid that uh, yeah. got hit by the ball and so uh, we put that in, and I actually think that looks quite nice. Um, and what we're are, able to. Ryan, yeah. what are the hobby cases retailing for, and what are the what will the mint cases retail for? Well, the the hobby cases are we're currently pre-selling these at twenty four ninety nine, and people say, oh, that's ex you know that's a a lot more expensive. But what people don't take into account is that we're using a lot better materials. First off, these are UV protected. Uh, there's a, a significantly a lot more. Um, material that went into building these. And so our costs per unit are actually extraordinarily high. So that's uh, the lowest price that we can possibly do while still kind of remaining uh, uh, in the in the, in the the black. So- Do you, do you, you Brian, go... not to interrupt, but do you envision that dropping a little once you start uh, placing orders in your, if you order, you're, you, you start ordering 10,000 of these or 100,000 of these, I think the price point would drop now. Absolutely. If the, my goal for the hobby case is to just get as many of these into the market as possible, my goal isn't to make a, a bunch of profit on these. And so the more, uh, the you know, the higher number of volume that we can possibly do with these over the next several years, we're of course going to drop the price. That's my goal is to sell these at great volume and bulk, and also be able to get these into the hands of you know card shops and uh, any kind of retailer. So the goal is to bring these pr the price on the hobby case down as low as we can possibly make it.
and they both both the hobby cases and the min cases they have frames and displays that you can uh incorporate multiple cards so what you want to explain oh. to people that as well yeah that's a um a really great point is one of the key features of the hobby case is that it goes into the hobby frame is i wanted it, this in fact in many ways the hobby case and hobby frame were my original goals when i first set out which is I wanted to display my cards in a clean, nice, aesthetically pleasing way that would also keep my cards protected, but would look good on my wall. So we went and designed the hobby frame. And you can see that on uh, the Mintiverse.com, you know, Mintiverse.com's website. And what it is, is it uses a, a special proprietary spring loading system that as you put, you can put five cards into a hobby frame and it's on your wall and it's backlit with a special LED lighting. And so once they're in there and you have your five hobby cases, it you have to see it to believe it. It is a, it is a truly a piece of art in your home or your office uh, or anywhere, but it's also, it's a piece of art where uh, your wives are going to be as happy to have them in the home as, as you are, because uh, to date, all the frames that we've ever seen on walls, any kind of display, they've always been kind of clumsy or awkward or uh, and then the wives and girlfriends or others, uh, you know, partners are unhappy with the aesthetics and don't want them in their homes. Whereas <laughs> what we've seen with the hobby frame is it's something that everyone finds beautiful because we designed it with with looking good in a home or office uh, specifically in mind. Right. And is the, it comes in three different colors, correct? Yeah, three different colors, and they're endlessly stackable. So I'm going to, in my house, I'm going to be sticking like a an eight by uh, five. I want to be able to have, uh, and three panels of it. So I'm going to have, uh, you know, 120 cards up on the wall, uh, because I like the whole idea of being able to sit on my couch and see. And look at your you collection, know, sure. Uh, see, my, see all my favorite cards up on the wall. And that's what I wanted 15 years ago, and I can finally do it now. <laughs> Congratulations. Speaking with Brian Parrott. Brian has a, a Pied Piper of collecting, okay? <laughs> if you've seen, followed Brian on social media at all, you've seen him opening packs of cards with kids, with collectors, and card stores all across the country and all across the world. He, I, I know he was in Italy and France and London. Yep. He's, been all, yep. he's been all over the place opening cards, so it's really cool. Do you have a favorite place where you, you open uh, a pack of cards? Uh, that is a fantastic question. Um. You know, we, we kind of went, especially that first year when uh, my uh, one of the guys on my team, Sam and I, we went on this epic road trip across the country. And I remember standing on top of the sand dunes at Great Sand Dune National Park in Colorado, which I didn't even know it existed. We actually kind of stumbled upon it. And if you haven't been to Grant, Great Sand Dune National Park in Colorado or looked at, even at pictures of it, it is unbelievably spectacular. And so we spent the whole day climbing to the top of this these impossible sand dunes, and we got up to the the top, and we we're sitting there, and I got a pack of uh, of 1993 SP to find the Jeter rookie. I had a pack of 2011 Topps update uh, to find a Trout rookie, and I had a 2018 Bowman Chrome to find a Shohei Otani rookie, and we're sitting on there on the top of the sand dune with the most incredible views in every direction. And we just, you know, it was overwhelming. It was, uh, it was incredibly beautiful. And so we opened those packs and there was a little crowd gathering around. We actually handed, handed out some more packs that we had on hand to the people that were there. And we all just kind of took in this incredible view while talking about our favorite players. And it was just, it was transcendent. I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite things, because I've, I've been following you for, uh, since you really started this, 
Uh, I loved when you pulled the trout rookie at the concert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that 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 yeah. I think that was my. Uh, you were so shocked that you got it. I think it was just like. Yeah, it was truly. It was truly. I was shocked. We had uh, we had been on the road for a couple months at that point, and we were just. It was getting frustrating because we'd gone through a whole box, a hobby box of 2011 tops update. Didn't find a trout. We were on our second box about halfway through, and we were just starting. You know, we'd kind of given up on on expecting to see him. And, uh, and so we'd gone, we were in Nashville at the time and decided to go to a ZZ, there was a ZZ Top concert playing at the Grand Old Opry, which already that's like dream Yeah, that's a win. How do you, scenario. how do you lose with yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I'd always wanted to see them. And the Grand Old Opry is one of the greatest, you know, music venues in the world. And so we go in there and I, I think I only had two packs with me and we opened, I think we opened one beside this, the, the Opry. And of course, didn't get anything in it. And we go into the stands. We're sitting there, and we've got all these people around us. We're in, we're telling them what we're doing. You know, we're saying, "Hey, we're on this quest to find Trout's rookie," and we we're really into baseball cards. And we strike up conversations everywhere we go. And we, you, there's always somebody that collects, or there's somebody whose son collects, or daughter collects, or somebody <clears throat> is always tied to the hobby. And so we're holding this pack of 2011 Tops update, and. You know they're the they're getting all ready for the concert where they're early and everybody's drinking and having a good time and and there's a lot of energy there and I I just you know stand up in front of everyone and I start opening the pack and uh, start flipping through the cards and bam there there was uh, there was Mr Mike Trout in the pack and instantly it wasn't it was just like everyone got excited like yeah. everyone started you know people were offering to buy us drinks and like you know everyone got really celebratory about it and then it was like immediately after that the concert started and it uh, it goes down as yeah funny enough it's one of the great memories of my life now yeah it's, no, it's, and it was great a to happy watch memory. as a as a fan it was great great to watch i know you have uh, you have a pretty good pc collection and i you and i know you have a pack of 52 tops do you envision ever opening that or what's the earliest pack you've opened you know i uh the earliest pack i've ever opened was a pack of 1974 tops that's the earliest of something that i just opened for myself by myself didn't find anything in it but uh i chewed the gum i made sure to chew the 1974 so tops gum <laughs> yeah it was awful but you know it's a rite of passage and but anyways i um yeah, I had the 52 pack. Did you hear what I said? I had the 52 pack. Oh, you pack. sold it? I Well, the thing is, Jeff, is Mint, to build this company, um, I I find uh, ex experiences with investors are very challenging where you spend a lot of your time trying to close investments and they just give you one more hoop to jump out through after the, the other. And so that's why I say Mint is a, a labor of love kind of company because I sold my almost my entire PC to be able to pay for uh, the engineering and the industrial design. So it was like sending, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking because, you know, there would be a no, moment. No, I know for, how much you love that pack, Ryan. So I, oh, it was, it was my favorite item. It was, it was, you know, it was awesome. And, and I had a lot of other cards that were really special to me and meant a lot. But what meant more to me was being able to get mint completely off the ground to the point where we could, uh, we could launch. And so gasping with fumes and selling everything I owned, I managed <laughs> to sing, you know, get the company over the, over the hump. Well, you know what, Brian, you have uh, two great products or I should say four great products. He has a hobby case and hobby frame, a mint case and a mint display guys. You can go to Mintverse, 
M, the number one, N-T-A-V-E-R-S-E.com. M, the number one, N-T-A-V-E-R-S-E.com. That's also how you follow him on social media for um, stuff surrounding the, the hobby cases and to protect and preserve. Brian's also on social media at Brian, at Brian Pira, P-I-R-R-I-P. Uh, and you can follow his exploits, and that's what they are, exploits, guys. He he, he posts more than anyone I know. And so he he goes to ballparks, he goes to little league fields, he goes to he's he's in the middle of a street someplace, and with a bunch of kids, and they're all opening packs. Um, it's just I, I see how much fun you have, Brian. And I'm really jealous because it's to to yeah. live, but one of the things that you like to do is open packs with people, and I just love that. That is just it's just great. You know, it, Jeff, it's, it, I think where that comes from is that when I started the hobby as a kid, I, the only times I ever opened packs were with friends and kids, right? Yeah. And then, you know, when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, and then when I lost the hobby when I was about 14, and, and it wasn't until I got back in at age 30. But when I was 30 and I got back into the hobby, I felt embarrassed about it. I thought that I was kind of, I, was, I felt like all dirty, like sneaking into a card shop back in like 2009, felt like I was going to some CD you know, uh, uh, a strip club or something. And, and so I just, for, for the, the initial 10 years I was doing this hobby, it was a very solitary hobby. I, it, I, I kind of almost hid it from my friends and family. I, I felt kind of embarrassed because I thought people, you know, think that I was doing something that yeah, only I'm, kids yeah, I'm 30 did, right? years old and I'm collecting baseball cards. What's yeah, wrong with you, yeah, right? yeah. No, I, I thought that there might've been, you know, there's something wrong with me. And it wasn't until I started Mint uh, two and you know two years ago, and all of a sudden I started having all these positive reactions, and because of it, I was just like, you know what? I've been hiding this for so long. I'm just going to go and have as much fun with it as I possibly can. And what I discovered is that people were extremely receptive to it and having a great time. And so instead of wanting to, actually, my favorite bit about this was I was uh, walking into um, Dodger Stadium with a box of 89 tops. It was just 89 tops with a bunch of my friends. Right, and the, we best, gonna the go biggest sit- drunk era cards you can get, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the worst, the worst, right? And but I love that set because it was one of the initial sets I collected. And I'm walking into the the stadium with this box of cards, and uh, there was some people in the upper deck that that looked over, and one guy shouts out, "He's like, is that a box of tops cards?" And I said, "Yeah, uh, they're you know, it's eighty nine tops, nothing special." And he goes, "Can I have one?" And I said, "Yeah, okay, go on then." And so I handed him a pack, and he opens it up. And it was like immediately, it was like, a, you know, 10,000 seagulls descending on me at a, at a picnic. All these people started rushing over and going, can I have one? Can I have one? Can I have one? Before you know it, my box of 36 packs was gone. And <laughs> we, were, we were walking down to our seats and we just felt elated that all these people were so excited about 1989 top cards. And, and you, we could turn around and see that people were like looking through their cards and they were trading them and swapping them back and forth for the rest of the game. And we were like, whoa, what just happened? That was that was incredible. And so in the process of doing all the things that we do, we realized that this wasn't just about cards. There's some sort of a, a human connection that the cards kind of bring on. And so now I have far more fun just you know, going to a Little League game and handing out you know, all the extra cards I possibly have or handing out packs at, at games is because it's just a, such a fun bonding 
you know, it's, it's dopamine and serotonin all day long. It's just wonderful experiences with friends and, and new people. And look at, I've made all these new friends the last two years, more friends than I've ever had. Like, you know, Jeff, yeah, I've been friends with him for fun. two years. No, we no, went and got some lunch in Boston together with his wife and opened some packs. It's a great fun. We even had some cannolis. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun about packs. And I think this is singular. Opening packs, especially old packs, is like uh, jumping into a time machine because all of a sudden you're back in 1986 or 83 or whatever. And, you know, I'm in high school again and I remember opening packs with my friends or, you know, it's just it's there's nothing like it out there that can bring you back to that moment, a childhood moment or or just a just for that split second. You're like, I feel like I'm a 10 year old kid again, you know? Yeah. You know, and now now that I'm, you know, 44 and I'd started collecting when I was 29, 30. It's, it, it takes me back to those easy days of when I was, you know, turned just turning 30. And I had, you know, all these kind of new hopes and dreams of what I wanted my life to be like, but I was in a real transition phase. So now cards just don't just take me back to childhood. They take me back to being an adult and those early experiences with, you know, finding card shops in random places and, and, uh, and so cards, for some reason, it is a, and I'm an army brat, right? I'm a military brat. And so I don't have a lot of things that kind of connect my life together. There's, it's just been so sporadic. I've lived all over the world in all sorts of bizarre places. And for some reason, uh, cards have actually been one of the few uh, threads that have kind of sewn my whole life together that are consistent throughout my life. And so in my little cardboard, you know, the, pictures of just you know dudes playing sports somehow yeah has trends has been a big part of my life it's been my great hobby and i've i've loved every minute of it all right brian brian Pierre, go to he has a new company it's called mintiverse it's called mint actually and it's m1ntaverse that's the website and all his social media stuff make sure you follow that um brian i know in terms of um time frame of the company you yeah, launched yeah. about a week ago. You're taking pre-orders now. When do you envision uh, first batch of products being uh, shipped? And um, wait, how do you see this retailing out in terms of, are you guys going to be the only ones selling it? Are you going to be selling it through dis distributors? Are you going to be selling it through uh, graders? How, how do you envision um, getting these cases, protective cases into the hands of the collectors? Um, exactly what you said. We're going to explore every possible option. We've already had companies reach out to us and ask if we will do wholesale with them. We've been contacted by a large number of card shops asking if we they can carry them. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be carrying product in card shops in uh, your favorite wholesaler or uh, like. When do you uh, envision the the first orders actually being? I would shipped? I would I would presume in the next uh, three months. Three months. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a process. We we have to go through a process with the manufacturer to kind of you know, everything we have right now is prototypes, and we got to be able to make sure we do quality control and make sure they're as good as the prototypes we have. And so it it's probably going to be shorter than that, but I'm just kind of for managing expectations. I would say the next few months. the The goal is that by uh, kind of January of 2024, we are in every way fully functioning in every possible way where you can mail in cards to graders, where you can buy uh, hobby cases in, in hobby shops where the, you have full access to everything we're doing. And I would say by uh, this time next year, we'll have all of our product lines, including the high-grade displays, to the point where when you're walking into Fenway 
park, Jeff, I want you to be able to see a big wall of mint displays uh, in there with all the greatest Red Sox cards of all times. My have plan you is not, to stick have you these in. Have been down Fenway recently? Not since I last saw you. Okay, they that was last they time. Have, I was they there. have a new team store, and it's tons of cards and collectibles, and they've oh, done that's a so good to hear. It, so. Yeah, but we designed these incredibly high-end, like super high-end wall displays that use electromagnetics and uh, glass and stainless steel. And they're, I mean, they're a thing of beauty. We feature them a little bit on the website, but we already have uh, plans to put them in Yankee Stadium and Mariner Stadium. And so the plan is to be able to stick these wall displays that are specific for stadiums where nobody can steal the cards because the electromagnetic securities and they're embedded into kind of the steel uh, uh, beams in uh, at, at stadiums. So you cannot take them off, but you cannot still steal the card. And it, we want it to be where every stadium in the world in every sport has the most iconic, most important, most uh, special cards of every, uh, you know, Hall of Fame player and current roster player so that you can kind of go in there like a museum and see your favorite cards so when I want, you know, I want to be able to make sure that when I'm walking into Yankee Stadium, I'm seeing, you know, uh, Babe Ruth's uh, card, Mickey Mantle's 52 tops, you know, all the way down, Lou Gehrig, everyone to Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and all their greatest Oh, wait, cards wait, wait. don't throw Stanton in with those guys. Don't throw him in with those guys. <laughs> I love your loyalties, Jeff. I love it. <laughs> all right, my exactly. friend. Brian Parrip, guys, it is I'm going to give it to you one more time. If you uh, follow him on social media, they're on all social media. Um, he is the, they just launched the company about a week ago. Um, they're taking pre-orders right now. Check it out. It's the letter M, the number one, N-T-A-V-E-R-S-E.com. From there, you can let, uh, link to all the social media accounts. Also, follow Brian on social media at brianparrup.com, uh, at Brian Parrup. He is on uh, YouTube. He is on um TikTok, Facebook, he is all Instagram, over the place. TikTok, anyway, all of them, all the videos. He he is a he. When I say he's the Pied Piper of baseball cards and sports cards, he is because everywhere he goes, he has packs of cards and he's ripping open and he's making people happy. And uh, he's still looking for that Tony Gwynn. He's still looking for the '83 Man. Tony Gwynn rookie. You know, uh, just because. But let's do one right now. Let's do one right now, Jeff. I got a pack of '83 all right, tops eight, right here. I love, I love that '83. Save, save oh. the wrapper. Okay, here we go. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so all right, we well, we'll open it in '83. We have who's that? Tito Lansford. No, oh, Dan Dreesen. Dan Dreesen, Cincinnati Reds. Willie, Willie Akins. Mays Akins, right? Fred Barron, Brennan, pitcher for the Giants. Uh, Wayne Nordhagen. Wayne Nordhagen. Okay. We got okay. it. Steve Kemp. Steve Kemp, a great TTMer. He signs for the mail. Al uh, Oliver. Al Oliver. Another cool. one he signs. Jeff Burrows. Jeff Burrows. And he he played in the Little League World Series and he was the 74 MVP. <laughs> ALMVP. Nice. You're an encyclopedia. Jesus Vega. Jesus Vega. Couldn't tell you anything about Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got a, a manager, Daryl Johnson. Boo! He was a Red Sox manager in 1975. Jim Gott. Jim Gott, yep. Come on. Uh-oh, wait, wait. We got, right after this, might have uh, 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 a win. Oh. My, my, uh, Mike Prowley. Prowley. Mike Prowley, yeah. An all-star. We got a nice all-star. There we go. 
and nope. Don Werner. And for the final, we have an Indian, Eddie Whitson. Eddie so. Whitson. Easy Eddie Whitson, who went to the Yankees and threw up in his in his uh, on the mound every time every day. Remember? He couldn't <laughs> pitch, good, he couldn't yeah, pitch yeah. in New York. <laughs> well, you know, that would be challenging. Uh, All right, my there you friend, go. 80, sorry. 83 tops. <laughs> sorry, we didn't we didn't you're gonna hey, get it one of these days. One of these days I'm gonna find a Tony Gwynn card. We're gonna find him. Matter All right, I wish you the best of luck. I think we will we will circle back in a couple months when you're ready to start shipping orders. And uh, we'll we'll have we'll, we'll see how things are going and catch up and hopefully you'll find the the Tony Gwynn by then. No, oh, uh, yeah, we better we better. But uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much, Jeff. Really appreciate your time. You're always a joy to speak to. And uh, uh, but thank you so much today. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks, Brian. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. With over a million collectors using the app, you can find just about anything. Buy and add to your PC, earn money selling cards, and trade up to get your rail card. Easily check out with a credit card, generate shipping labels and tracking, and redeem credits to put towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Well, Drew, I, I, you know, I've met Brian a couple times. Did you meet Brian at the National with us last year? Yeah, he came by the uh, the table there when we were doing the show live yep. from there in uh, 2022. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's very um, he's a very passionate collector in terms of he loves loves his, uh, the cards and uh, he told us in his interview he had a 52 an open 52 tops card and he sold that as part of because he needed money to start this new company. So uh, we're gonna have Brian on in a couple months and right now they they're only on prototyping taking pre-orders. But we're gonna have Brian on in a couple months when they have stock and we'll get some some of these these cool holders for uh, us to give away to some listeners. So um check nice. it out. Follow him on social media. He is at Brian Parrip A B R I N P I R R I P and then he's also on uh, Mint Mintverse. Mintiverse is M the number one N T V E R S E uh, dot com. Okay, so we got all nice. that. We got all that stuff out of the way. Next up, Drew is. I believe it's uh, making, making the grade. The grade making the grade making the grade making the. Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today. Grade, making the grade, we, we get um, all our grading information from gemrate.com gemrate.com there we go yes gemrate.com so we want to thank gemrate for giving our grading numbers his grading numbers for last week yes for uh august 14th through the 20th psa down a bit but the others are all up psa a five percent drop they did only quote unquote two hundred sixty thousand seven hundred cards last week i mean that's 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 nothing you guys come on nothing <laughs> yeah uh, SGC, no change. They had uh, 25,400 went through there, same as they had last week. 
Beckett, nice little rise for them. 20% increase to 17,500 cards they graded. And CGC up 25% to 25,400 as well. Very cool. Thank you very much. Those Again, those numbers for our, our firm. Gemrate, but also we have a, an exclusive statistics only to us from Gemrate, and this is the only place in the world you can find this information, right, Drew? Yes, exactly. And what do we call it? This would be the Big Three. This week's Big Three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. Some marketing genius came up with that name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the Big Three, this is the guys that uh, rose more over any other person players in the from the previous week and we do the droppers as well so this week's risers was kyle pitts pat kyle pitts from he was florida state right was he florida state i think so it seems like that i think it was florida state he's tight end from the atlanta falcons i don't know why his cards went up 167 percent maybe his brother, brother sent in a bunch of cards i don't know but uh, kyle pitts was up 167 percent. two surprises two baseball players were up frank uh, mark mcguire and frank thomas were both up 60 percent uh so it's kind of cool to retire guys and in uh they're, they're both up 60 percent. hey do you think mcguire is ever going to get in the hall of fame I don't know. I mean, the fact that he denied all of that steroid use for so long, deny, deny, deny. And then finally, after he gets exposed, finally admitting to it, that just, yeah, I don't think he's going to get in. It's the same thing with Barry Bonds. I mean, Bonds has denied, 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 denied yep. this whole time, despite every piece of evidence that goes against him there. And yeah, I just think there's too much of a cloud around guys like them, like Clemens. I know like it's Sosa, too bad because like I was, Hunter, I always love yeah. Mark McGuire. As a player, yep. I thought he was fun. And I, you know, Bonds and Clemens and some of these other guys, uh, even Pete Rose, didn't, it'd be nice to see them <laughs> let Pete Rose in, but it's, I don't know, politics, I guess. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we had Justin Fields, 2021 rookie, Donruss rookie card, card number 253, well, then tripled over last week. So it wasn't enough to get up into the, the risers, but it, right there, Justin Fields, uh, he was. His 2021 rookie card was triple, more than triple than last week. Drew, we have some guys, the, the followers as well. Yeah, falling off a bit there. Uh, Jamar Chase was uh, one of them. Uh, Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb, so some football to lead things off there. Both those guys with a 22% drop in their uh, grading over this uh, previous week. Not sure what brought that on. Maybe just a little bit of a chill before the uh, football season starts and everybody starts hitting the 2023 products. That's my guess, at least. Yep. Um, along with those two guys, Anthony Edwards, a 34% drop. He's a guy that we've seen kind of on both lists a little bit, up and down quite a bit here and there, but down this week by a little bit over a third. So, again, not sure what's really causing some of these drops there, but something we'll always keep an eye on. Uh, it's, this prospecting is so weird for me. I, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it, one week these guys are up, next week they're down, next week they're up again. And, and I think it's just people saying, you know, if they do something great on the field or maybe they had the, the four, two football guys that's coming into season – uh, I don't know. It's just it's just weird how the whole thing falls out. But we 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 just report the facts, right, Drew? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at this, and it's like it's like a stock market almost, but almost even more volatile than that. All right, bud. Well, thank you. That wraps up the big three. Thanks to our friends at GemRate.com. Check out GemRate.com for all the statistics from all the four leading uh, grading companies, and there's all sorts of stuff at your fingertips. Um, you can it's it's like going down the rabbit hole. You can just get lost in it, but uh, it's a great site. Make sure you check it out, GemRate.com, and also make follow them on on social media as well. All right, Drew, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is 
the TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Well, what, what's the stamp of approval, Drew? Why don't you let people know? It's anything from the previous week that we want to give recognition to to make it look like we actually care about things other than sports, even though, as a spoiler, mine is sports-related, so it kind of ruins that. But you never know what you're going to get. We might talk about food, movies, music, TV shows. There's so much that we might throw in there, but yeah, you never know what you're going to get. It's just us giving us a salute to something outside the world of sports collectibles, at least. That's right. All right. Thank you, Drew. You did it the best. I'll do mine first, then you can do yours, okay? Perfect. So mine is a, is a food. I don't know if I don't know if it's a food. If you if you eat it or drink it, it's a food, right? Yes. Okay. I so our friends and our friends at McDonald's they, they did it again. They came up with with something that I'm addicted to, and I love these stupid frozen Fanta blue raspberry. They it it, 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 it looks like you're drinking a, something that the Smurfs would drink, but Drew, it's you know it's a great summertime drink. It, so good i just can't explain it i i've had i think i had three last week um and then you being in the heat of dallas you got you should try it have you had had them yet i haven't yet i mean i do enjoy stuff like that we've got i mean there's so many places around here that we can get them from like we've got sonic down here we've got bahama bucks right up the road the shaved ice there's so many of those different ones now yep well i am giving my stamp of approval to blueberry uh, frozen Fanta at McDonald's, and uh, they, I love the McDonald's cup with the with the cone cover, and they just uh, I'm addicted to McDonald's <laughs> blue raspberries. So give it a try, all right, guys. That is my TTM cast stamp of approval for the week. Drew, what do you got? Mine goes to the North Melbourne Kangaroos, whom I've mentioned on here several times. They are my favorite Australian football league team on both the men's and women's side. The women start in I believe ten days is when their schedule finally uh, kicks off. The men's uh, team has been bad for a couple of years, unfortunately, <laughs> um, to say the least. They had the number one pick in each of the last two drafts. The guy they took in the draft uh, two years ago played one season for them, and he didn't want to be there from the very beginning at all. So they ended up trading him at some point. They actually traded out of the number one pick in that deal last year, but they ended up getting two top fives in exchange. So that's how they end up doing that. But yeah, they uh, started out the season. It looked like things were going to be great. They pulled in this great coach and, uh, Stuff happened with the coach, but uh, he ended up missing a chunk of the season. He's back with them now, fortunately. But they won their first two games, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, finally, it's going to turn the they're going to turn things around." Um, they then lost the next twenty. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So Ouch, I mean, that hurts. Yeah, I I sure know how to pick them because I mean, how do I end up as a well? The first year I ever watched the Cleveland Browns on a series base, they went three and thirteen. So. I, I I have a bad history of picking teams, but yeah, they lost the next 20 after that. Final week of the season was this week. They played against Gold Coast and they beat them 132 to 97. That's the good news off this Yay. whole thing. They get my stamp of approval for winning, but unfortunately that cost them the number one pick in this year's draft. So this total like absolute going to be guaranteed. Like, like the star Jets would do, right? The, 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 the yeah, Jets. exactly. And so they have this this like guaranteed star who's going to be going guaranteed number one in the draft. And they could have had him if they had lost this one, but they didn't. They're they're still going to get a great player out of this. I mean, you're picking number two still. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, they missed out on that. But hey, they finally won another game. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to catch a replay of this week because it started at 10:45 last night, and I'm like, saw they were down seven nothing in the first couple minutes. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch this. And then yeah, they came back and That's won right. it, school so. it's school night, Drew. You got to get to bed. You got to be well rested for the show. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. Like guys, that wraps up TTM cast Sam approval. Drew, thank you very much. Anytime we can say kangaroos, it's a win in my books. Yes. 
So congratulations to the Kangaroos for for winning and in, in, uh, getting knocked out of the, the first pick in the draft. But right. <laughs> all right, bud, let's get to the burn rap minute next, okay? Vern Rapp minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rapp, who passed away prior to uh, uh, me sending out a TTM request to him. And I was totally embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to someone who passed. And we give you a list of guys in sports and celebrity that have passed so you're not embarrassed like me. So uh, let's get right into it. We lost Steve Sidwell. Steve was a coach for uh, a number of teams, uh, kind of basically in the Bill Parcells um tree right coaching family yeah. coach for the saints the uh, patriots the colts the oilers and the seahawks he was a defensive-minded guy and uh, i i guess he was um he i was they were talking about him on the patriots game uh last night he because he you know coached in new england and uh was a a really a really nice guy so we're we're sorry for his loss uh steve sidwell was 78 years old I lost Carl Krennel this week. Carl Krennel was a football player for several teams, mostly uh, only played one year in the NFL, but went to a career in the uh, Canadian Football League after that. So linebacker went to the University of West Virginia and then played for the 1970 Pittsburgh Steelers, eventually went on to play for the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL and the Edmonton Eskimos as well. Not a big TTMers. Last one was signed in 2008. Carl Krennel, 74 years old. Thank you, Drew. We lost Maxi Bond. Maxi Bond was a linebacker. He went to Georgia Tech. He uh, played for the Eagles, Rams, and the Green Bay Packers from 1960 to 1971. He actually made uh, three Pro Bowls with the Rams from 66 to, to 70, which is pretty impressive. He finished his career with Green Bay in 71. He was a good TTM. His last TTM'd in 2022. Maxi Bond was 85 years old. Uh, we lost to Randy Minier this week. Randy was a running back for several NFL teams. He went to Purdue to start things out and then eventually went on to the New York Giants and my Cleveland Browns. Played there from 1966 to 1970 in the NFL. Not known to be a TTMer, though. Randy Minier was 79 years old. You remember him with the Browns? Nope, that's a little bit before my time right there. Yeah, no, so. I know. I didn't know if he he, he was on, on your dad's radar. You know, sometimes these guys show up mm-hmm. and... Uh, they got on someone's radar, but it was a name I didn't recognize. So, yeah, it's like I may have heard it here and there in passing, but definitely wasn't. I mean, that was in the era there where he would have been stuck behind like Leroy Kelly in that backfield there. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, but we we lost Alex Cole. Alex Cole was an outfielder from 1970 to 1976. I would have, I would have quizzed you because I wouldn't have gotten all the teams he played for. Uh, but he played for the Cleveland Indians, the Pirates, the Rockies, the Twins, and the Red Sox. He was an okay TTMer, last TTM in January of 2022. Alex Cole was only 58 years old. And boy, could he run, huh? He was a. Yeah, he was. I mean, he had a game with the uh, Indians where I think he had five steals in a single game at one point. Um, yeah, he was, I mean, just absolute speed through the top of that order. 
And uh, he actually did have a card as well. I don't know if he ever played up with them, but he had a 1990 Fleer card. His rookie card was with the Cardinals of all teams. Yeah, but... yeah, that's where he started, but then he got traded. He never made the majors with them. Okay, that would explain things. I know he went from there to the Padres and the Indians picked him up, and I think he yeah, made some majors with the Indians after that. But yeah. But uh, uh, we lost to. Uh... Well, go ahead. Was he, was he before Kenny Lofton? Right before Lofton. Yeah, because Lofton came over in 92. Because for a while they were talking about, oh, hey, you know, we've got this cavernous stadium out here. We can get guys who, you know, poke it in the gaps or down the lines, just run forever. So they're going to have Cole play. They're going to move Cole from center field to left field, put Lofton in center then, and just, you know, have this one two punch at the top of the order or even one and nine or something. So have one at the top, one at the bottom there. But Cole just lost the ability to hit all of a sudden. They're like, uh, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. We're just going to send you off to Pittsburgh now. Yeah, because he, he was a pretty good player, but I think you're right. I think he just couldn't. He, maybe they started throwing curveballs or whatever, but he just couldn't. He yeah. he 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 became uh, not the greatest hitter. But when he first came up, boy, he was fast. Yeah, he was. I mean, just the speedster there in '90 and '91 as the leadoff guy, and I think he was hitting like 202 or something like that in '92 when they traded him. So yeah, he was just just struggling for whatever reason that year. Yep. yep. Uh, we lost a Wyndham Rotunda this week. You may know him if you're a wrestling fan as Bray Wyatt. Don't know why you wouldn't keep the real name there. Jeff and I were talking about that off the air. That just seems like a perfect wrestling name there with the rotunda. Just, you know, that's just perfect seems to name. scream. Yeah, just seems to scream, you know, doom basically to anybody who dares try to go after him in a wrestling match there. But yeah, Bray Wyatt in the WWE. He was only 36 years old. We lost Terry Funk. He was a wrestler as well. He was a superstar wrestler, actually. He was with the WWE. I don't think that was his real name. Right, Drew? That, that sounds like a fake one. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. If well, then again, and there is golfer funk, so who knows? I know you never know. Possible. Well, Terry Funk passed away. He was seventy nine. We lose. We seem to be losing a lot of wrestlers lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also lost to Tom Courtney this week. Tom Courtney was an Olympic uh, Olympic uh, medalist. He was a sprinter, won a gold medal at the nineteen fifty six Summer Olympics down in Melbourne, Australia. Tom Courtney, ninety years old. All right, well, Drew, that wraps up um, the Vern Rap Minute. Our sympathy and condolences go to you. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, Drew, we'll review our TTM returns. Yes. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Well, TTM returns are just that. We, we give you a list, a rundown of all the returns we get. And just remember, I have an article, a weekly article in Sports Collectors Daily. You can see all my returns right there, pictures of the of all the signed cards. Make sure you check that out. You can also check out Drew, all of Drew's returns on YouTube at DFW Graffer. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go this week's returns. Uh, kind of slow week for both of us, I think. But uh, why don't you go first, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up, okay? Yeah, my list is going to be kind of long here. It is one player. <laughs> and that one didn't even come in until, what, yesterday? Was it Friday? It was Thursday it finally came in. So it was slow rolling there for a few days there. But it's a big name, at least. So I'm happy with that. Peter Stastny, Hockey Hall of Famer, lives just over in St. Louis, former member of, what, the Nordiques, the Devils, the Blues, not sure who else, but those three at the very least off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, he was uh, took only about two weeks or so. He has a $10 fee, but he signed my 1988-89 Tops card in a very thin blue Sharpie. Looks real nice. He signed a very nice. good spot right there down the corner. That's but for his, your set, uh, right? That, that's for your set. Yes, that is for the set there. But yeah, he signed with his uh, jersey number 26 and Hall of Fame 98 all on it there. And so that's the third time that I've gotten him TTM now because I got him for uh, my Tops OPG archive set back. Uh, this is like 10, 15 years ago that I was sent that one off and got it done. But that was back when he was still signing free, so I got that and one other one done back then. 
Uh, about a year what, ago, I sent off his rookie card. What is he now? Ten bucks? Is he ten bucks? Yeah, now? it's ten bucks now. Not bad at all. But got him on his rookie card about a year ago or so. I picked up the uh, rookie card of the national. I think it was like got the card for like three bucks at the national, and then you know get him on his ten dollar fee there. It's like that's definitely worth it for a Hall of Famer's rookie card. Yep. And then ten bucks my set card right there. There. So uh, I think I'm finally set on uh, Peter Stastny autographs for now. I've gotten Paul <laughs> Stastny. I've gotten Jan Stastny. I do still need to send off to Anton for the uh, 8889 set. And at this point, it's like, I might as well find a card of Marion Stastny as well and send off to him just to have the entire damn family. At this point. Yeah, that would, so, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I had, um, I bought a Todd Pertuzzi rookie card off eBay the other day yep. and uh, I'm going to send it off. I saw he's signing. Have you gotten him through the mail? I did. I got him about, uh, what was, I? I think it was actually earlier this year because I needed him for my uh, 0203 tops total set. He's one of the final six I needed. I'm down to five now because of that. And he even wrote a short note back and, and closed an extra signed photo and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I was always a big fan uh, of uh, Bertuzzi when he was playing. And unfortunately, we the, the Bruins had to send uh, Bertuzzi over to the Blackhawks. So the Blackhawks are going to be good. But I did get I, I did uh, get a rookie card, Todd Bertuzzi, and that is uh, coming in the mail. So as soon as I get that, I'll send it off. A couple of uh, my successes this week, I got Reed Larson on my, the 88-89 Tops uh, Opeachy card. So that's my eighth Opeachy card. Bruin signed nice. uh, and we're going to have Reed Larson on as a guest in a couple of weeks. So he, he's written a new book. So we will have Reed on as a guest. I got Gif, Gil, Gifford Nielsen, who was a quarterback with the Houston Oilers among, among other teams. Um, and he was kind of, he was kind of uh, like a backup for, to Pastorini, right? He was kind of one of those guys. Was, was he a BYU guy? I'm not sure. He might've been. I don't, have, I don't have his card in front of me. I I thought he was a BYU guy, but I could be wrong. So all right, well I got uh, I got um, Gifford Nielsen on his eighty three tops card. I got uh, John Staggers, who played for the Green Bay Packers and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and a couple of teams, and uh, he was a wide receiver. And uh, we're actually going to have John as a guest in a couple of weeks, so that is coming. I got him in, on his seventy four tops card, and then I got Steve Fire 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 Ovid. Ovid, I think something Ferovid? like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got Steve Ferovid. He played for the Mariners, I know, because I sent out his 1987 uh, Tops card, and it was signed in uh, blue pen. Uh, I don't know if he played for anybody else. He played for the oh, he played for the Padres and the Phillies and the White Sox, and uh, he was a pitcher. Yeah. So uh, he was. He's a. Uh, I got. I got that one back um, the other day. So hopefully we'll get some more. Some more. I was get uh, slow week. And I think it was a yeah. slow week all around from TTM because I've seen a number of people complaining that they're not getting any returns. So right. it could be, it's like, you know, it's a vacation week, right? Everyone's getting ready to send mm -hmm. kids to school and, uh, you know, Labor Day is kind of a, is coming up. So I, I'll, I'll chalk it up to just kind of the end of the summer blahs, right? Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to do anything in the heat here that we've seen all over the place. So, I mean, I'm sure nobody wants to, sit there pouring over their mail and all that. And, you know, like you said, there's vacation stuff going on and it wouldn't surprise me if maybe right after that week after Labor Day, if there's a little bit of a bump in there, if guys catch up on their mail right around then have a three day weekend. I know. I hope so. All right. Well, that wraps up returns to the week. Uh, Drew, we're done. Want to put a bow on this thing and, and put it to bed? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. All right, my friend, we lost. Uh, I just want to first thank Delaney and Rich Hill. Nice to talk to them. Thank you guys. Delaney did a great job. Uh, Delaney's not in, 
regularly interviewed yet. So she that was kind of one of her first interviews, and I think she did a great job. Rich, thanks for for hanging there as well. We lost Brian Parrott. We lost. <laughs> I I got Vern Rap on the brain. We did not lose <laughs> Brian Parrott. He's still with us. He we we talked to Brian about uh get opening packs and, and we talked about his new company uh, Mint. So uh, make sure you check that out. The, they're great brand new um, card holders. They're really neat. And we'll, we'll have some of those to give away uh, probably next month or the month after once uh, we start, um, he starts getting stock. So that, that is coming. Uh, that I want to thank Brian on that. Uh, I want to thank Alex Lynn and Don Caruso from, from um, card dealer pro. They were on on Wednesday. Hopefully you listen to that. If not, go back and listen to our Wednesday show. Next Wednesday, we're going to have Ryan Friedman. from. Uh, he's the co-founder of Auction Report. So that will be on next Wednesday. Saturday, we got Les. Les is going to be doing appraisals, right? So if you want to yes. have Les to do any appraisals of any items you have, send it in to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, make sure you put Les appraisal in try to get that in by i would say maybe end of day on tuesday because we'll i'll talk to Les on wednesday or thursday and we will do that on we'll, we'll we'll play that on saturday and also uh i interviewed the other day josh rawich who was the president of the baseball hall of fame and drew i was shocked to learn that there have only been eight presidents for the baseball hall of fame and since it's amazing i mean the, the 30s what, right it started in like yeah the 85 years at least that it's been open and i mean probably been in the planning stages for even longer than that. So yeah, you're talking about you know, 80, 80, almost 90 years at this point. Yep. And know why? Because Cooperstown is the best place to go. It is awesome, right? You've been up to Cooperstown. It's, Twice, a, great, yes. it's a great, if you have to pick a place to live, uh, it's awesome. It's such a nice town. And when you, you, you're the president of the friggin' Hall of Fame, this, they don't make many of those, right? This, this, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, good for you. Congratulations. So I think once you get that job, it's not a job that you want to give up. And uh, Josh was uh, great to interview. And I want to thank Josh for sitting down with me. And that is going to be on uh, next Saturday. Drew, anything else you got before we we let everyone go? No, I think I'm all set. You may have heard my cat complaining in the background there throughout the show there. I don't know what's on her mind exactly, but if she's got something to say, we'll have it for next week's show. Breakfast. She wants breakfast. (laughs) That's that's probably what it is. What's the cat's name? Uh, Well, we have two of them. There's uh, Callie and Sydney. And this one's Sydney that if you're... If you're hearing anything in the background right now, it's her and earlier it was Callie. So. All right. Great. All right, buddy. Thank you. You have a great weekend uh, and we will be back on Wednesday for our next show. So guys wishing everyone uh, many happy returns. We will see you on Wednesday. Be good. Hey.